Welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Praise God. Praise God. Wow. I think I'm right at the altar call now. Wow. Wow. I don't know how many people said to me this morning, welcome home. Um, I've never lived in Cork a day in my life, uh, but this is home as well. And we, we love to come down here. We have physical family. I said to some, we have actual family. We have a sister in Bandon, but, you know, we have a family here this morning. Amen. Uh, isn't it wonderful? Brothers and sisters from all over this nation and further afield that God has woven together. We're not just passing, but we're woven. We're connected. We're it's beautiful uh, what the Lord has done. And I want to bring my greetings just from, or our greetings from the church right the way up. We're almost as far north as you can go. And just on a side note, my brother-in-law just broke the record for cycling from Mizzen to Malin, which is as far as you can go. He did it in 15 hours 30, uh, about three weeks ago, which is phenomenal. And I drove it the other day and I was exhausted. So I don't know how he does these things. Um, but we're as, almost as far north as you can go. Um, and it's a beautiful thing that we can uh, come and fellowship. The Lord is doing something in our midst. Amen. And I love it when it's him, because then we can't say, I did this. I built this. You know, I formed this. You know, this was my plan. And the Lord brought us many times to that place of where we want to give up. We want to step back. We want to go another road. And yet the Lord says, if you trust me, if you trust me. And we have grown to learn that his voice is everything. His leading is everything. His presence is everything in our lives. And we're so thankful. Uh, we have a lot of new people coming in, a lot of new faces every week. People getting born again. People coming from, from backgrounds that are, are so broken. Um, can I tell you just this one very quick story before I even take you to the Word? Um, there's a, a gen, we were on a food service every, every week, every Wednesday. And there's this little couple that's been coming in, a local couple that's just been coming in every week. Quite quiet, but he loves to come in and just have a, a little word and for, for probably about a couple of months he's just been coming in but not for the food just for the talk and for the coffee you know and he says you know my wife they've been testing her for dementia and he says I just we're just broken we're just broken people you know and uh, you know those things hit you because you think well what's a few tins of beans and some cereal and a few other bits and pieces and he came in I hadn't seen him for a couple of weeks and then I bumped into him and he says yeah I'll be over on Wednesday he came along on Wednesday and he came in and he asked his house things. He says, not a good week, man. He says, not good. Things are not good. He says, you know, they're, they're confirmed of what she has now. And he says, been honest, he says, we've had no gas. We've had no electric in the house for the last four days. And I said, I'm not saying that for any other reason. And just, she does, I can't even explain it to her because she doesn't understand these things now. And uh, he says, but I'll come here for a coffee and just a smile. And I'm like, man, I'm breaking, you know. And my heart, I've never ever got money on me and I don't like giving out money for obvious reasons. But as I stood in the hall, I said, Lord, I need to give this man more than even that, you know. And um, I had a real burden just to, to give him 40 pounds and I didn't have 40 pounds in my pocket. And I was literally having this conversation in the hallway. He says, Lord, Lord, you're going to have to make a way. I'm going to have to go to the ATM. If that's what you want me to do, I'll do that. 90 seconds later, someone walks into me and says, can I speak to you? I'm running somewhere. They give me 40 pounds and they put it in my hand. 
you'll know what to do with this. I need to go. Um, the Lord told me, I was on my way to work. The Lord told me to turn and to come here. Put it in my hand. I put it in an envelope and I called this guy over. And this guy, he came and he, put his, he grabbed my hand and he put his head right down against my head and he began to weep. He says, you've no idea. You've no idea. He says, I get to go home and I get to go to the shop and get gas and get electric. I get to go home. He says, someone give me a little burner. He says, to boil the tea on because I had no gas. And I said, can I tell you something? I says, I know you're saying thanks to me. I says, but I need you to understand what took place in the last three or four minutes. I said, I prayed. And the Lord put this burden in my heart to give you something that I didn't have. And I said, so much more than that. I says, the Lord then supplied that need. I says, you want to thank someone, you thank him. You give him the glory for this because he hears you and he sees you. And then he began to hold me all the tighter and weep all the more. He said, I lifted one of your Bibles. He says, months ago. He says, I did it when no one was looking. We have leave Bibles out if people want to take one. And he says, and the only, he told me this before, the only thing that he reads, and he reads incessantly, is Irish political history. He could tell you anything about going through, and he, once he's finished a book, he just goes into another one. That's all he does. He says, I don't watch the TV, I just read Irish political history. Until I got the Bible in my hand. And he says, I've read it cover to cover, and I'm in Exodus on the way back through. And he says, I've never understood it. I've never been told I need to read this. And he says, but it just makes sense. And I says, the God of this Bible is the God who makes provision for you. Not 40 pounds, way more than that. And began to speak to him of Christ. And then he begins to weep then all the more. You see, this is the God that we serve this day, amen. The glory is his, the honor is his. And God is doing a work in this nation. Sometimes we complicate it so much. Sometimes we make it about a bunch of other things. We, we make it about the, about, about the big stuff. But can I tell you something? When we begin to get alone with God and hear the voice of God and, and the voice that would say, this is the way, walk ye in it. When we begin to just turn off the distractions and the noise and the lights and, and just come away with him and we hear his voice and he leads and he guides. And I want to speak to you along those lines today. But before we even read the word, I want to pray with you this morning. Father, we thank you. Lord, we bless you this day. We, we thank you and we praise you and we bless you. It is a joy, Lord, to come this day, Lord. A joy to be in your presence, Lord. A joy to meet with you this day. And Father, in these moments that we have together, Lord, who knows, Lord, what tomorrow holds, oh God. But thank you, Lord, this day that we know the one who holds our tomorrow, Lord. And Father, in these moments, I pray still our hearts. Speak, O oh God, from your word, O oh God. Speak tenderly, Lord. Speak powerfully, O oh God. Speak to us, Lord, in this place, O oh God. Be glorified, O oh God, in our midst, O oh God. Be high and lifted up. Let every voice leave this place rejoicing, knowing that they have met with you, Jesus. And Father, I pray just anoint my lips just one more time, Father. Lord, to speak your word, O oh God. And have all of the glory, Lord, and all of the honor. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Luke chapter 14 this morning. Luke chapter 14, reading from verse 16 this morning. I've called the message this morning, the great invitation. The great invitation. It says, Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. 
But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I bought a piece of ground and I must go and see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I'm going to test them. I ask that you have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported those things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded and still there is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Amen. Amen. A nice encouraging word this morning. I remember as a, as, a, as a child, I grew up in a really in a, in a, a godly home. My, both my parents being born again. My mom used to run children's classes every Sunday afternoon and we would be dragged along to two and three, maybe even four meetings, perhaps every Sunday. And I remember my mom taught us this little chorus as a child and I could never remember the words of it right. And it was about this here and it said, uh, I cannot come to the banquet, don't bother me now. I have... And now, I got the words all wrong in it. And I used to sing, I cannot come to the banquet, don't bother me now. I've bought me a house, I've married a cow. I cannot come. And I used to sing, and my mom would be looking at me going, because then it became funny because I was saying the wrong thing. I have married anything but a cow, my dad. I have uh, the most precious wife, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Can I tell you something? This parable, it's used to portray something that is... A relatively straightforward message, but there's always those layers and that depth within God's word. We can have a cursory glance at it and it will bless us. And as we look and as we start to take time with it, we begin to see the the depth. We begin to see the lines that run through it. And upon those people who were invited, upon making excuse, they refused to come. And so the invitation went out to the people on the street and they were invited and compelled to come. And as with any dinner party, if... If you were to have, I understand there's a wedding that's to, to happen fairly soon in the house here. Uh, in a few months time, there's probably a few weddings perhaps. But those invitations perhaps have already went out to come. There's going to be a wedding that you, you should come. You should put a, save the date, that kind of a, an invitation that goes forth. And it's no different in, in the Middle Eastern cultures or, or as it were in Western cultures. That, that It's almost like a double invitation that is given. Come to the party. Come to the celebration, gather yourself on that day and on that date, come along and, and, and be there. And this invite can be days or weeks, even months in advance. And upon arriving in that venue, you're all suited and booted. You look your Sunday best as the saying goes. The finished numbers are applied. The, the kitchen staff are running about. They're getting everything put together. Food is gathered, prepared, cooked, and those assembled are then invited to arise from that lounge, as it were, and to go and to to step in and to take their seat at the feast. And this was kind of the implication that was happening because there was an invitation that was given, a broad invitation that was given to a people. And they knew the law and they knew knew their place, as it were, as God's chosen people. But upon second invite, one by one, they arose and made excuses. And then left. And I understand the correct exegesis, as it were, the correct interpretation of the word here. This was a very important meaning to the Jewish leaders of that day. But there was a very specific call to evangelism here. Because evangelism is deep-rooted in gospel-centered discipleship. We can't claim, it says even in the verses afterward, to love God and hate our brother. 
And there's some thoughts I want to bring you today. There was this. First one is that there was a feast that was prepared. And this was the thought that the Lord has been laying on my heart for some time. We can know that we're born again. We can know that we're called into something. But can I tell you, we are called into an intimacy with the host. We are called to feast at his table. Amen. It's more than just a coming together. It's more than a, it's more than a, a sitting in, in an auditorium or sitting assembled together. But there is an intimacy that we are invited into. There was where that second invitation to draw aside, to come into his presence as an individual also. I love this morning, but we haven't got the band at home. We don't have the person at the front to lead us in that place, but we have that invitation to come into his presence. And this feast was prepared. It was a feast that was specifically for them. The, the backdrop of this is even from Isaiah some 700 years previously. In, verse, in chapter 25, it says this, And in this mountain the Lord of hosts will make for all people a feast of choice pieces, a feast of wine on the lees, of fat things full of marrow, of well-refined wines on the lees, and he will destroy in this mountain the surface of the covering cast over all the people and the veil that is spread over the nations. He will swallow up death forever. Wow. And he, the Lord God, will wipe away tears from all faces. The rebuke of his people he will take away from all of the earth. For the Lord has spoken and it will be said in in that day, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. This is the Lord. In other words, this is what the Lord has done. This is what the Lord has done. And they would have been familiar with this passage like many others. And their love for religious observance over their love for a savior who would stand as the promised Messiah. Do you realize that there is a a feast that is prepared for you and I? There is a reminder that we are invited in. Invited in. We're not just partakers as it were in the family community, but to a deep intimacy with the host of the house. He's the guest of honor. Do you know what? I, I love to see you all this morning, but his presence... As we worship this morning, his, his presence touches us. Amen? There's something about his presence. There's nothing can replicate it. Nothing is better than it. Nothing is greater than it. Nothing touches me like the presence of Jesus. Don't ever stop short of that. Amen? Then we just become religious observers. Amen? Then we begin then to make other things more important. Then we begin to look at those other things and say, I have a good enough reason to be able to step away even from the intimacy that I'm called to. We're invited into something that is special. The second is this, they were a people who were unprepared. Somewhere along the way, they lost sight of who had invited them, the value of who had invited them. You know, if I invited you to to lunch or to dinner, you might, take that, you might take that invitation. You might be fine. If the president of, of the country or, or some famous dignitary invited you, you would be suited and booted and ready an hour ahead of time. Are we honest? We would be ready at so much ahead of We would plan for it. I don't know. But I, I'm, a, I'm a fellow who gets up in the morning and I'm, I'm almost told what I need to wear to, for it to be okay. I know that the ladies perhaps will take much more time in planning their outfits and all of hours and hours in advance. 
But somewhere along the way, they lost sight of what was important. Somewhere along the way, they lost sight of what they were even brought into. You see, there's a picture here of a people who were blessed, but they chose something else. And I need us to see this. The excuses that they, were, that they gave were not evil. They were not bad things that they made as excuses. One was for a field, one was for a bride, one was for a purchased animal. In other words, for security, for relationship, and for business. Three things, security, business, and relationship. And in all of these things, we're reminded that they were not terrible things. They're, not, they're all things that are common to man, to all flesh. But we're reminded with the scripture that there were good things and there were God things. Amen? There were things that are good in our life, but there is still something that needs to be God-centered. We need God to be in all of it. We need God to have the preeminence in every part of our lives. In our relationships, in our business, in our, in, in, our, in our workings, that He is above all in our lives. There are moments when we prioritize other things, even good things. We switch our priorities off them and onto other things. And they made other things important. Or perhaps they devalued their invitation that they didn't like the effort anymore. Maybe they didn't like the waiting. I don't know about you, but when we pray, we want the answer. There and then, we want the answer. I remember in the early days of ministry, first two years were, I've got to be honest, looking back, were terrible. I would preach a message, and people would come up, and they would smile and shake my hand and say, we're leaving the church. I enjoyed your word, but we're leaving the church. It happened for about eight weeks straight, a family every time. And I'm like, I'm getting this so wrong. So wrong. To the point of where I said, Lord, if this is me, then I'll step back. I'll step away from this. And Lord, that you'll do what you're going to do. And Lord says, I have to do what I have to do. And the Lord has a plan in our lives. A plan that is better than ours. There are good things and things we get busy at. But there is God things that need to be prioritized in how we walk. And they made other things so important. It's so easy to find fault in things and people and stuff. But never forget who invited you never forget who called you never forget who invites you in never forget who made that invitation personal to you we you know what we can be sitting in the house of the lord if we're honest in a group of people this size we can be honest there'll be some of you here today and you have a problem with your brother there's some of you here today and you'll have an issue with your sister or someone has sat on your seat or someone hasn't spoken to you or someone has spoken to you and they shouldn't have and we can sit in the presence of God and we make all those things more important than his presence. Rather than dealing with those things right and allowing his priorities, allowing his plan for our lives, that we would walk in unity with our brother. Never forget who has invited you. Never forget who brought you in. Never forget who saved you. Never forget who called you by name. Never forget the cost of the preparation of that meal. There was a beautiful old woman called Elizabeth Elliot. And she said this, she says, Often a Christian man or woman falls prey to that cruel and vexatious spirit, wondering how to find marriage, who, when, and where. It is on God that we should wait, as a waiter waits, not, for, not but on the customer, alert, watchful, attentive, with no agenda of his own, ready to do whatever is wanted. My soul waits thou only upon God from my expectation is upon him and him alone lie our security 
our confidence and our trust. A spirit of restlessness and resistance can never wait. But one who believes he is loved with an everlasting love and knows that underneath are the everlasting arms, he will find strength and peace. This woman, Elizabeth Elliot, was wife to the man Jim Elliot. Many of you will have heard of him. Many of you will have heard of this missionary man and his wife continued in that. He's the man who said he is no fool, who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. And I've had this cry in my heart for so many months now at this point. It says, you know, we read the scripture, Lord, that you would build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. The church is not the walls. It's not the structures. We know those things. But I'm saying, Lord, build me. Lord, build your people. Lord, strengthen us in this hour. There are things that will come against the church in the days to come. And there will be things that will rise against the church in days to come. And it will not be in the strength of men. And we can make our things about other things. But can I tell you, he alone will be your strength. He alone will be your song. He will be the rock of your salvation. He will be the one, as Jerry said, not just the one that we are stand upon, but the one in whom we are hidden. He is the rock of our salvation. And this cry has been on my heart. Lord, build me for your glory. Many of you will have heard of the, the sculptor, the artist Michelangelo. When he spoke of the statue of David. And he said, the sculpture is already complete within the marble block. Before I start my work. It's already there. I just have to chisel away the superfluous material. In other words, it's already there. It's already perfected. It's already there. Lord, do what you have to do. Lord, break away anything and everything that caused me to value you in my life. I want to do something for a moment. And maybe it's a little bit unorthodox. I'm going to give the cameraman a nightmare in a moment. But I need three volunteers for a moment. If I can get three people that would come up on stage with, with me for a moment. And if it's like church back home, if you don't come, I'm going to point at you or call your name if I remember it. So if I can grab three volunteers. Patrick, please. Excellent. So Andy, I'm going to have you stand at this side of the stage. And I'm going to have you two guys standing over at this side of the stage. And don't worry, it will all come together. Stand you right over there. Can you read this? I know you're old now, you might not be able to see those. This is normal size. I am old. Do you need glasses? I do, thanks John. Look at this. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to expose that in front of the nation. I'm over here. I'm <laughs> Psalm 91, okay. So you're not getting the mic. In a moment, I will give you the nod if you can see me. Yes. Okay, and you can, you can start and read from okay. Psalm 91, okay? Okay. So guys, we're going to stand over here. We're going to have a conversation. When you're ready. So I want to tell you about this house, right, that I've got, right? Uh, I'm looking to sell my house. Are you interested possibly in buying a new house? Or? I would love a new house. Yeah. I, I, did I tell you about my relationship that I'm in as well at the moment? And things have been very difficult. And we're walking. Yeah, it's very difficult. You're walking through all these different things. And, you know, uh, things have just been going through tough times. And, you know, we're just talking about it now. And we're getting through all these things. And, you know, but I have to say that. Did anyone hear Andy, by the way? No. You guys, give them a round of applause and I'll explain what I'm doing. Stay for one moment, Andy. 
I want to tell you the difference. Mm. The difference is this. When Andy stands over here and Andy begins to speak, we know that he's reading God's word. We know that he's, I've already said it's Psalm 91 and he's began to speak. But immediately our mind and our eyes and our, everything is drawn to what is taking place over here. It's slightly louder. It's slightly not in tune with what's happening over here. And before we know it, we can hear it, but we can't hear it. Do you know what I'm saying? We come into his presence, we hear, but we're distracted. We come in and we sit in his presence, but we're thinking about tomorrow. We're thinking about the job we're going back to. We're thinking about our family situation. We're thinking about our workplace. We're thinking about the struggle we have with someone else. When in reality, what we need is... Can you read Psalm 91? He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with these feathers and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor, nor of the pestilence that walks in the darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand shall fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand side, but it shall not come near to you. Only with your eyes you shall look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Give Andy a round of applause as well. Sometimes when we illustrate something, we begin to see the clarity of it. I, I did a similar thing at home uh, with, with like old radios, but I had to explain to the church what a radio was because all the kids were like, what are those, these things? And I just turned on all these interferences. And before you know it, you can't hear what's going on. And you become so distracted and we become distracted. And can I tell you the truth of that word, Psalm 91, is that he is our refuge and our strength. Sunday morning, as wonderful as your Sunday morning and your Wednesday, is not your fix for the week, amen? That you would draw aside in his presence, that you switch off the distractions, amen? The busyness. The things that, that, that can take up so much of our time. The things that, that, that take so much of our energy where we come in and we find ourselves when we, we're like, well, I know that God, you're speaking. See, all along he's speaking. All along he wants to minister to his children. And when we take time with him, I've never come out of his presence and said, well, that was a waste of time. Every time I spend time with him, he meets me and he refreshes me and encourages me. And he restores me even just to read his word that because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most higher dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. He's saying that in this place, if you hear this word, that even when you're walking through those things in your life, in your workplace, you're working, walking through those things in your relationships, you're walking through that you have this confidence that you have one that you can run to. You have one who hears your cry, one who is never too busy. One who will make, that's the invitation that is our church. That's the great invitation that we have to draw aside. The great invitation we have to run into his presence. You see, there was such a, an, an insincerity in their excuses. And again, I've had this thought for some time that we always make provision for the things that we truly want. We always make provision. We'll always make a way. You want to go somewhere, you want to do something, you want to buy something, we'll always make provision for the things that we really, really want. Are we honest? We'll always make a way. 
I really want to go to that place. I really want to go to that match. I want to do those things. We'll, we'll, we'll make allowance. We'll change things about. It makes you think. Do we, you need to understand that when push came to shove for these people, he said, I've done, therefore I have to do. That's where my commitment stops. But I want you to hear this today. Perhaps even today you're struggling. And a message like this just seems like a challenge to you. You need to try harder, mate. You need to go again. You need to be better at what you do. And you can hear a word and you can be so discouraged and leave and go, well, that was an absolute waste of my time getting out today. But this is where we mistake what's being said because the truth is this, is that God himself has prepared a table before you. You're not making this table. He has prepared a table. Psalmist says he prepares a table before me in the presence, even in the presence of my enemies. Those enemies that would surround, those enemies that would seek to draw me from his presence. He is the one who prepares and prepares a table before you this day, church. Let him fill you. Let him strengthen you. Not endless, try harder statements. He is the feast. Amen. He's the feast. Proverbs 13 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not hope deferred. It is not hope that is put off. It is the announcement that in Christ, all of our hunger is satisfied. He is the tree of life. He is, he is the source of our supply. And he longs for us to draw aside. Nothing cheers the heart of God more than when we approach him in our time of need. May we never ever lose the wonder of his presence. May we always stand in awe of him. Back home, the, the former pastor, Jackie, spoke a word and it just really struck me. He spoke this word some weeks ago and it really struck me. He said, and it was from this text. And he said, the Lord spoke to me. He says, and he said, there's still room. There's still room. Not everyone's in yet. There's still room. You need to go out to compel them to come. There's still room. And I want to challenge you today. Even if you're here and you hear a word and you go, can I encourage you that there is room this day for you? Not just for one more, but there's room for you. There's room for your families. There's room for anyone who will hear this word. There's room. Maybe you're listening and all of this seems so distant and foreign to you that God would invite me into his presence. See, every time we think we deserve wrath, we deserve Anger, we receive mercy. Where we deserve judgment is, again, as Jerry shared earlier, we deserve something and we receive something so completely opposite. In a moment where anger could have been the overwhelming and justifiable response, God shows mercy. In Luke 14, he says, the servant came and reported them to the master. And the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it's done as you've commanded and still there is room. And the master said to the servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. It's the father's heart to go after the lost. It's the father's heart to go after the hurting and the broken. We are beneficiaries of a better covenant this day. Amen. We don't come under and sit under an old covenant to stay. Praise God. It's all the mercy of God to us that God would see us in our broken state. 
That God would see us the lowest of the low, the outcast. Those that are discounted by the law because of their broken state. They are utterly without hope, but for the mercy of God. Church, that's who I am. I don't know about you, but that's who I am. I didn't deserve any of this. Every day I get up, I thank God for this. I thank Him for what He did. I've been brought into something, and sometimes I look around and go, Lord, how do we end up here? All for your glory, O oh God. Instead of wrath, he remembers mercy. This incredible gift, it's too good to be true. And many don't believe that such a host could even consider the least of society. Compel them, not by force, but convince them with love and counsel that it's true. The master has called and has beckoned you to come. The master. That's why they had to be compelled. They could not believe that they could possibly be invited to sit at the master's table. Surely that's one of the greatest pictures of the gospel message. Nothing but rags and a story that God saved me. God met me in my brokenness. God drew me from that place of despair. As an 18-year-old with suicidal thoughts and a life that was over, God in his mercy seen me and drew me from that place all for his glory. And I love the fact that I don't sit at a different part, but I sit at the table with him. I sit at the table with him. I sit in his presence. Seated in a place I don't belong. But because of him, because of him, he fills me. We sit in his presence and he fills us. Amen. I want to encourage you today. There is an invitation that is before you. Make time for Jesus. In your day, make time for Jesus. In your walk, make time for Jesus. In your business life and in your personal life and everything that you walk through, make time for Jesus. It's not just about showing up and saving face on a Sunday. It's make time for Jesus. That you would hear the voice of God. That you would hear the voice that would say, there's a man there who's broken and hurting. And I want to help him. I want to speak to him. Let God move in your life in those things. For the glory of God, can we stand together and can I ask the worship team to come forward this morning? Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Jesus. We worship you, God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, this day we, we know what your word speaks of, O oh God. We know the invitation that was there for the nation, Father. And Lord, still this day stands, Lord. And Lord, we see, O oh God, Lord, the compelling, O oh God. We see, O oh God, a bringing in, O oh God, as well, Father. And we see, Lord, your plan, Lord. Lord, it's not our plan, Lord. It's your plan, God. But Lord, this morning, God, Lord, we're invited, O oh God. Lord, this word, Lord, to me, Lord, demands a response. And Father, this day, O oh God, as we are in this place, O oh God, Lord, the response was to come. I don't want to be religious. I don't want to be vaguely religious about this. I don't want to just say, I know this. I know it in part, but I hear the invitation to come and to sit at your feet. It's all I want, O oh God, is your presence, O oh God. All I want is 
your word, oh God. All I want is your spirit moving in my life. There's other things, Lord. Lord, I love you, Lord, and I thank you for them, oh God. But Lord, they don't hold the same weight in my life, Lord. It's your presence. Your presence is everything, oh God. And if you're here this morning and you've slipped in at the back perhaps or you've come in and you said, I'm here but my heart is somewhere else this day. There's an invitation for you to come this day. There's an invitation. It's not my invitation, church. It's his invitation to come. To come and to put it right. To come this day. Do you understand? You're, you're not in the waiting room. He's saying, come now for the feast is ready. Come now because I want to minister to you. Come now because I want to meet your need. Come now because I want you to be filled this day. Come. If that's you this morning, come to the altar this morning. Come forward and we're going to pray for you this morning. As the worship team plays something in the background, but can I tell you, you need to be, it needs to be something from your own heart that responds. This is a word that I've needed in my life. We go through the motions, days run into days and weeks into weeks, and we go through the motions. And before we knew it, we lose something of the joy. And he's been bringing me back to that place, saying, I must build you. I want to build you. I want to pour into your life. And if you need prayer this morning, then come forward. Come right up to the front. We're going to pray for you this morning. Don't worry about anyone else. This is not about anyone else but you and God this morning. It's about you and Him. I know you're here. I see you. I know you're here. You need that touch this morning. I've been distant from you, but I don't meet an angry God this day. I meet a merciful God, a loving God. Rich in mercy, a loving God this day. Come forward. We're going to pray this morning. You need a touch from Him. And come forward. Glory to God. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website. It's www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and we will see you next time.